Tito's Handmade Vodka is distilled from corn and certified gluten-free. In the mid-90s, Tito Beverage built his very own micro-distillery in Austin, Texas, and put his life savings into it. He continues to produce award-winning, smooth American vodka on the same land where it all started over 20 years later. Tito's has won the unanimous judge's choice double gold medal at the World Spirits Competition, among many other awards. Visit us at titosvodka.com for recipes, videos, and more of Tito's story. 80 Proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, crafted to be savored responsibly. Welcome back. It's Sam, and this is your 97X Icons podcast, where each episode, we relive a moment we've had with an iconic artist in 97X history. Today, it's Jared Leto of 30 Seconds to Mars. Now, Jared Leto and 30 Seconds to Mars have always had a very special relationship with 97X and with Tampa Bay. He's long said it's one of his favorite places to do shows. And the bands actually played 97X Next Big Thing four times. They headlined for the last time in 2013. They've done a 97X Green Room back in 2005. And even Jared Leto himself designed the artwork for one of those 97X Green Room Volume 2 CDs. Ugh. I miss CDs. But anyway, the interview you're about to hear happened March 11th, 2007 at the Sundome in Tampa. The band was here for the Taste of Chaos tour, which was a co-headlining tour with The Used. And Jared sat down with Shark and talked about all kinds of stuff, including Matt Wachter leaving the band, which had just happened. He left to play with Angels and Airwaves. He also talks about his love of crazy stage antics, which we witnessed firsthand at 97X Next Big Thing in Coachman Park, where he climbed to the top of the stage and terrified the entire 97X staff. But here you go, a 97X Icons moment with Jared Leto of 30 Seconds to Mars. I won't Kingdom, your lair, and into your cage. The shark cage, ladies and gentlemen. Jared, good to see you again. Nice to see you, my friend. Um, got a lot of stuff to go over, and I got to jump right in by saying that, you know, for every conversation and interview we've done, this is a little different because there's one less member of 30 Seconds to Mars today. Oh, I've never been asked about this yet. Oh, is that right? Very first time. This is big news. I mean, it's Matt. Where did he go? What happened? Let's oh, Matt. About... Yes, Matt. Oh, um, no, I, I, I haven't addressed this publicly. Okay. And it's nice to be able to, but Matt is a, a, a human being that we love very much. He's our brother and our co-conspirator and our friend, our comrade, if you will. Um, he was a recently married man, as you know, changes your life in many ways. And it was time for him to spend uh, more time with his family at home. And uh, he had been the road with us for so long. And as you know, we're relentless. We are, <laughs> we are bona fide road dogs. So uh, it was just as simple as that. I mean, we're all, it's, it was an amicable, loving uh, change in, in both of our lives and 
you know, we, we're looking at this new chapter in, a, in the most positive way. So this happens in the middle of the tour. You lose your bassist. How, does it, how do four guys stay together when you lose a member like that? Y there's really no good time to do this sort of thing, especially in the life of 30 Seconds to Mars. There's, if it's not Taste of Chaos, it's something else. You just have to welcome these things. It, I find we often want to, we want to control and keep things the same, but change is inevitable, and it's it's an absolute. The only thing that's that's uh, really consistent out there is change itself, I suppose. Chamein. What do you uh, what do you do in this situation? We're we're playing right now with with someone temporarily, uh, who is is great to have out here. He he played with us. Matt took a little hiatus before when he was uh, when he got married, and uh, uh, we played with a, a a bassist a guy named Tim, mm. and he came back on board. Cool. Um, for the time being, to help us finish up these tours. Dude, I have to ask you, everybody knows the story now. You got trampled in El Paso. What happened? Take me through that. To clarify, I think a lot of the press tried to swing this in a kind of a, a negative or a really violent way, and it wasn't that at all. It was, it was me, I jumped off the side of the stage onto the floor where there weren't any people, um, you know, which I, I do that often, and I ran out onto the floor singing The Kill. Everyone uh, gets really excited when I do that. It's a fun way to break the boundaries of the band on stage and the audience. And, and we like to keep things spontaneous and exciting. And so I ran out in El Paso that night and a couple thousand people decided they were going to leave their seats and come and sing with me uh, all at the same time. And it was really just excitement, and you know, people were thrilled and 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 uh, just rushed all at the same time. And I kind of got crushed up against uh, a wall and ended up hitting my face, you know, not even that badly. And it was it's the most severe, uh, the most uh, uh, the smallest of fractures on my nose and my my eyes healed since, but I, I got a little scraped up. But um, you know. 10 seconds later I'm standing on top of that same wall and we're all singing together and it was like kumbaya or something but uh, it's a scary moment when you see that many people rushing toward you're kind of like okay hi how are you uh, because you can't stop the crush the people in front don't see the people behind and the people behind don't see the people behind them so it ends up being like a wave that keeps coming and uh, there were f uh, definitely a, f a few s scary moments, but they, they quickly disappeared, and I climbed my way out, and uh, um, it was an incredible show. It was, there's an element of chaos. It's taste of chaos. You, you, you've climbed to the top of our rafter at Next Big Thing 4, or Next Big Thing 5. You, you jump out, you ran to the soundboard at our show in, in December. Yeah. Do you ever, like, at that moment, just go, wow, Jared, this really isn't a good idea. Why are you doing this? Or do you just never think about well, it? Well, I think in El Paso there was a moment of like, because someone said you may not want to go out there tonight. A few people said that because the crowd was really, really excited. And it was intense. Um, but I just kind of uh, did what I felt in the moment. And uh, 
it was less about me getting my nose broken and and really it was about what was to note there was uh the excitement and the passion and the that you know the insane crowd there was really incredible the chaos yeah it was it was fun because i'm the only one who got hurt mm -hmm. and it wasn't anything that big a deal um so a little bit of controlled chaos is is good once in a while so you freaked everybody out like uh, a month or so ago by basically saying that 30 seconds to mars that 30 seconds to mars is bigger than jesus 30 seconds to mars is bigger than jesus buddha was the quote actually uh. <laughs> we're talking about the possibilities of another record or the possibility of calling it something else and saying goodbye so like of course everybody's like oh my god 30 seconds to mars is breaking up and then obviously with the the cancellations of shows this week which had nothing to do with that but everybody's, yeah. everybody's freaking out could you leave this right now well, right now, no. I'm committed to to 30 Seconds to Mars. I think everyone realizes that in a, in a very, very deep way. Um, and I always will be in some way. It's a huge part of my life, mm. of my brother's life. Uh, but who knows what the future has in store. And I reserve the right to change direction, to... Uh, reevaluate to reinvent and to uh uh move forward or sideways whatever i i choose as an artist and you have to give yourself that freedom to uh to create and and the industry will know this and and i'll let everybody know it now you have the the reputation and perception of literally being the hardest working band in show business <laughs> it's, it's said a lot but you really do because you come in Thank and you, you do interviews and you work with radio stations and you work with press and you work with everybody and you just keep going and going and going and going Thanks, at what man. point do you go all right i need about a month to go to tahiti and just chill uh when you've got tonsillitis, streptococcus, mononucleosis, and pneumonia all at the same time, maybe you need to chill out. I don't know. <laughs> so when you do go away, yeah. where do you go? How do you get away from this madness? Like when you just need to be alone, when you just need to be, or, you know, is it I just go home and do dishes? Do I, I, I uh, went to Nicaragua. Is this like a recent endeavor? Yeah, I, I went to Nicaragua. Uh, for a short spell for a few days over Christmas break. That's cool. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. CNN. What's that guy's name on CNN? Wolf Blitzer. In the Situation Room? No, no, the other guy. The young guy. Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper. CNN. <laughs> We're keeping him honest. That's the that guy, guy, right? That guy. Yeah, I like that guy. Um, good guy. Hey, man, let's talk about the environment. It's kind of becoming this sexy charity with everything Al Gore is doing. I want to go through a couple of things that you've done in your past, you know, dating back almost 10 years for the environment. The first one, you did this segment for National Geographic about Alaskan bush pilots. Tell me about that. Yeah, that was really cool. It was actually a show that was uh, about saving the wetlands. Mm -hmm. That's what the program was. It was a documentary about the wetlands in Alaska and... You know, we went on some adventures, but uh, that was really just uh, uh, to uh, illuminate some of the dangers and some of the um, tragedies that are going on around because of all the damage to the wetlands. Important part of our 
that's happening environment in as well. Yeah, that's I mean, a that's, huge. Yeah, it's huge huge everyone built uh, houses and uh, communities and wetlands, and it's part of the reason so many uh, people are having horrendous problems with that being displaced and their homes being flooded all the time you know and also you guys are using vegetable oil to fuel your buses on previous tours and this tour yeah we did on, on welcome to the universe and on this tour there's a big uh push to to uh, be carbon neutral right. to use environmentally friendly products and fuels and uh you know it's uh, the marketplace is catching up and uh, my my sense of it all is 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 once people are able to make a profit in a in a uh, in a legitimate way then you're going to see a lot more of those sort of things and you know it's nice if there are incentives for companies to to start up but i think that uh uh once the public and i and i believe a large part of the public is as an appetite to participate in some way. So as a successful musician, do you feel like it's almost your responsibility to be a spokesperson for the environment or for a charity? It's uh, it's a choice. I don't think it's a responsibility. I, I think the responsibility lies with all human beings. If you live and breathe on this planet, you have a responsibility to it. So um, I don't think it's specifically, you know, a responsibility of any uh, celebrity or rock band, but it's nice when people participate, if they really do. I'm not a big fan of bogus charities or, you know, I've seen some of these things that come and go that, uh, I, you know, you question sometimes how much money is actually going in, uh, to, the, to the end result and mm -hmm. to the problem itself. All right, final thing on the environment. Live Earth this summer. The date is 777. Seven continents. This massive thing. The concert is actually called the Concert for the Climate in Crisis. Maybe 30 seconds to Mars on that? Uh, you never know. You never know. It certainly would be uh, nice to participate. Hey, dude. I just want to say thank you again for your time. It means always means so much to have Jared Leto sitting in front of 97X. Thanks, dude. Thank you, you, man. It's so cool to hang out. And, and congrats on all the success again. I know every time I see you, I always congratulate you on your success. But if you go back two years, there were people yeah. remind you know remind you that there were people that that said, you know, here's a here's another actor in a rock and roll band, and look at you. You know, you you just said you're at home here. Now here's just a guy in a band trying to get a job in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Very well put. And there you go, Jared Leto of 30 Seconds to Mars. That was back March 2007. Always such a character to interview. He is just the absolute best. Now, since that interview, the band has gone on to release three new albums. The latest was America back in April of 2018. That album debuted at number two in the Billboard 200 chart. That was the highest debut for them of all time. They've continued to tour relentlessly. You know that if you've been to one of their shows, it is absolutely insane every time. Unfortunately, they have had more lineup changes since this interview. Tomo left the band in June of 2018 for personal reasons. So right now it's just Jared and his brother Shannon. But that's not slowing them down. Just in October, Jared posted on Instagram that they're back in the studio making music, but no specific announcements have been made. 
And as we know with COVID, everything takes a lot longer now. Well, I hope you enjoyed this 97X Icons podcast with Jared Leto of 30 Seconds to Mars. My name is Sam. Join us each episode as we relive some of the iconic moments we've had with some of the biggest alternative artists in 97X history. Tito's handmade vodka is distilled from corn and certified gluten-free. In the mid-90s, Tito Beverage built his very own micro distillery in Austin, Texas, and put his life savings into it. He continues to produce award-winning smooth American vodka on the same land where it all started over 20 years later. Tito's has won the unanimous Judge's Choice double gold medal at the World Spirits Competition, among other awards. Visit us at titosvodka.com for recipes, videos, and more of Tito's story. Proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, crafted to be savored responsibly.